Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gracious God, look over Mr. Todd Citron and his great company and all the great works that he and his family has done for this great community. Protect them in all that they do. Watch over me, my wife, and my family, my kids, and the great community of Lafayette. Protect us all, gracious God. Put your hands on each and every one of us and allow us to thrive and do the things that we do best, but most of all, love one another. In your name we say, amen. amen. In the name Father, of the Father, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, my guest is a very good friend, longtime friend, great community activist for our community, a great Catholic, uh, Amos Batiste. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Amos, tell us a little bit about yourself. So currently, I am the development director for St. Leo Seton Catholic School right here in Upper Lafayette, and I enjoy working um, at that great school in the great community. And um, I love the city of Lafayette. I love it. How long have you been there? So this is my seventh year. Seven years. All right. Beautiful. So, uh, Amos, tell me, let's go back a little bit. You know, I know a little bit you had mentioned um, your wife's family and, uh, you know, in particular your family. Who, who in your family, back, what, back when you were a kid, you can remember, you know, where, where your, your Catholic faith was, was the rock in your family? Well, you know, my mom, um, she she did her very best to make sure that we'd go to church on Sundays and um, get us to church. But I think for me personally, um, until I met my wife and uh, her family and sat at the dinner table for the first time, which I didn't feel that I needed to be there because her uncle was a priest, her aunt was a nun, and her dad was the only one that had kids. Tell them who her uncle was. (laughs) So her uncle's father, Thomas James, and her aunt's uh, sister Geneva, who's a sister for the Sisters of the Holy Family in New Orleans. But, you know, so I felt like I was out of place. But (laughs) um, most of all, I think not just her family, but Louisa's grandmother, who I got attached to, um, she was just such a woman of God, and um, I, I I really loved that woman, and anything she said to me um, when it came to um, Christ and the Catholic faith, I just believed, and so she's been an inspiration for me and for my family. Uh, what do you feel like is the youngest in your, you know, that you can remember in your life where really God was introduced in your life? I mean, were y'all in your family, or did you grow up reading the Bible or, or attending Mass regularly? Or yeah, we attended Mass regularly. I didn't grow up uh, reading the Bible. Um, we we attended Mass regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some things that I know personally for myself. I. I need to do more to grow closer to Christ. I mean, just going to church every Sunday like we do is not enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes when I do go to Mass, like I, I'm not necessarily getting the message. It's something's not, even though I know what I'm reading and know what I'm hearing, it's not hitting me in a way to where I can go out and inspire the world. Mm-hmm. 
I know you've been married, like I believe, 30 years. Like myself, I got married in 1990, I believe, so we're probably real close there. Yeah, yeah. about 28 years for me, I think yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I mean, um, it's just such a blessing to have a sacramental marriage, and I, I, I can definitely feel that with you. Y'all have two boys. How's it like raising? Now, I have to brag on Amos's boys. that they, They're incredible athletes and, and also incredible academics, and, uh, and it's okay. They said it's okay to brag on your kids, so... Uh-huh. You know, tell me a little bit about your boys. Yeah, so my boys are my heart. Um, my wife and I said when we would have kids that we would try to not, and I don't want to use the word give, but give them the opportunity to succeed in life. And so one of the things that we know we did that we felt was important with, when we had children was we wanted to make sure that they go to great schools and um, get a good, sound Catholic education where they can have God in their life every single day and not be ashamed to pray when they felt like they needed to pray. You know, Dylan and Tyler had such great elementary, junior high, and high school careers academically and athletically, but most of all spiritually. And I know this because today, because both are in college, one graduating in December of 19 and the other one graduating in December of 2020, both still go to Mass, and I tell they don't come to Mass with Louise and I, but I tell them as long as they go to Mass. So they choose to go to Mass, but at a different church, which is fine, but they still go to church, and that makes us feel proud that we did something right because a lot of times you lose them on that when they get to that age and that level. So, But they're my heart, and I, I'm very hard on my boys, and mm-hmm. they can tell you this if you talk to them behind my back. I'm very hard on them because— I want them to understand that you only get one chance at this life. And while you're here, you need to make an impact on not only your community, but on everything that you touch. And and I tell this to Dylan and Tyler every day. And I know sometimes they think dad's just being dad and he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. And I'm going through that right now with Dylan. But I think he really gets it. I just need to see more action from him. And that's why I, I stay on them a lot because I love them and I want the best for them and the best for their families in the future. For our listeners out there, you might recognize his voice. He is the voice of Turling's football. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've heard uh, Amos been doing that a long time, huh? Yes, since our new stadium opened. Wow, yes. that's awesome. It's such a beautiful stadium. What is, uh, I know you have an affinity for Turling's, and it's just one of our great, you know, Catholic rock schools here in uh, Acadiana. What's so special about Turling's? Well, for us, um, you know, um, I, and I'm going to say, there's many factors that go into that. Um, but for me personally, um, with my boys playing football, and that was their big sport, Coach Sonny Chaponche mm-hmm. has been a rock. And it, it, I literally, literally got sick when I found out that he wasn't going to be the head coach anymore because this is a real man who cares about the young man. And I could remember him saying at a meeting one day, if you're here – to win state championships, you're in the wrong place. And I didn't understand that at first. But then when I watched the way he interacted with my boys and the way he treated all the kids, it wasn't that he didn't want to win, because that's that's a goal, but he wanted them to be better Christians, better Catholics, and better young men. And that, to me, was huge. And I was so glad that my boys had an opportunity to do that. And I can't go without saying there's other 
people that influenced my boys as well. And I have to mention their names. You know, Tony Corville, another great man, and the way he treated my boys, and, and not just because they were my boys, because I know that he wanted the best for all of those kids. And of course, Coach, Coach of course, Coach Doherty. And um, they, they have just been such inspirations and rocks for my boys that I feel like they're just special people. And, but Turlings is a family. They really are. It's big enough, but small enough to know everybody at the school. I'm honored that my kids had the opportunity to go there. I'm honored that they excelled. And even though I'm involved, people think sometimes when you're involved, they get everything because you're a parent involved. That's not necessarily true. My boys earned everything. And so they have great teachers there. And I'm just proud that they, they were a part of that. That's awesome. And you, may, you, you, you mentioned three people at Turlings. And I think, to me, that was the inspiration for Cajun Catholics. Is there's so many amazing people around Acadiana. And it's not just the ladies almost always take the lead in our faith, whether it's our mothers or grandmothers and all. But there's a lot of good guys. And, um, and, I, and you know, like we've had some of the coaches at St. Thomas More and you know, for the Catholic schools in town to have those those rocks, those and and to be a male figure, you know, especially for your boys, it it, it just goes a long way. I've heard that you know if uh, the the dad goes to mass, there's like a you know like a ninety percent chance that the, that the kids will go to mass, whereas if the wife you know goes to mass, there's like a twenty percent chance. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the the father's the the rock of the of the family of the domestic family. You know, and uh you know I know that you are. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice, and I know from knowing you that you know the domestic family for you is important. You know that you're the head of that, and um, and um, you were mentioning to me about the faith of your of your wife and how that's inspired you. But you know, uh, is she from Lafayette? Yeah. So yeah. my wife is from Lafayette. Uh, you know, she lived in St. Martinville for mm-hmm. most of her childhood life, but um, she's born and raised here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell me a little bit about where you are in your faith life. Uh, you know, do you, do you have any spiritual exercises that you do daily? Or, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about that. So um, a while back, I talked to my father-in-law about making my casilla. And um, I, I feel like, I, so we go to church regularly. Um, we're at Mass on Sundays. I kind of feel like I'm getting to be the old person because I want to sit in the same seat all the time. And I get mad if somebody's in my seat and my wife's like, stop it. But, you know, I think for me, spiritually, there's something missing. I, And I can't really put my finger on it because I am not perfect. And I know that one day I'm going to be at those pearly gates. And I, I just want to make sure that St. Peter know that I've done everything that I could possibly do to get into those gates. But I feel like something's missing. I need more. I need to be fed. I'm hungry for Jesus. And I don't know where to find it and where else. And even though that I work at a Catholic school and we pray every day and we do the rosary, we do all those things, there's still something missing. And so I feel like I need a spiritual vacation. Mm-hmm. With unplugged with nothing, no dad, I need money or a little retreat. Yes, yes. Uh, so, do you feel like uh, in your life that you've had a conversion moment or not? Not is it not yet? Well, I don't know what you'd call a conversion moment. I mean, we've had moments where um, I'll share with maybe there was a conversion moment. Um, 
So my wife and I, because we believe in, um, you know, the Catholic way of raising a family and having a family, and we so badly wanted children, and we, we because we felt like we would be good parents and we can provide to them things that were missing in our childhood. And my wife and I lost three kids and had to bury them, mm. which was the hardest thing that we had to do. And I could remember being on my knees in church asking God, why? Why not us? And what's amazing about that is I think we were put to the test. And there was this young man and he um, played football over at Como High School. And he was a troubled kid and kind of became attached, but he was a good athlete and did pretty well in school. And I just started taking him to UL games and with other coaches and their kids and doing things like that to kind of show him the way and the, that there's other things to life than just the life that he's been living, living in a foster home. And, um, you know, we started doing that. And the funny thing about it, without going through the whole story because we don't have a lot of time, we were then blessed with our first child, Dylan. So we felt like it was a test that God wanted to see, okay, you don't have an infant, but here's this young man that's a teenager. Can you, let me see what you're going to do with him. And so today that young man's still part of our life. He lives in Dallas, but he's still part of our life. But Dylan was born and we were just happy with one. And then all of a sudden, Tyler was born. <laughs> so we had two. And so that's why there are little angels in our, you know, we spalled them and did all these things. But that was a moment where I, you know, where I knew that God was there and he wanted us to, um, he tests us sometimes, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the one moment. That's beautiful. Beautiful. You know, I do think that, that um, in our Catholic faith, when we do the, the putting on our, our clothes in the morning, whether, you know, button our shirt or, or, or put our belt on, that that's the going to Mass every day. That's the, you know, maybe going to adoration or, or um, like you're working here at this Catholic school, you know, that's an everyday deal. But you get lost in some of that, you know, and, and I think that we, we definitely need to call on that Holy Spirit touch, you know, and I, I kind of think that's what I had through Curcia where the Holy Spirit just digs down deep in your soul and touches you in a very supernatural way. And I think for me, you know, everything changed. You know, you go to the same mass that you went to when you were a kid or in college or as an adult, but, but, it, but once that conversion moment happens, it's different. Yes, you know it's 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 when the emphasis isn't so much on the homily as it is on the consecration of the Eucharist. You mm -hmm. know, it's um, it's it's beautiful, and um, and when you dip into a little bit of that, you want so much more, and there are there is so much more. You know, I think that's awesome. Uh, my my family were six boys. We had five, my parents had five boys, and um, they had a, they always wanted a little girl, and they had a little girl, and uh, the little girl died. You know, at two weeks old, and then 11 years went by <clears throat> and they just mom got pregnant again and she knew they were going to give them that little girl that they lost and, and it was me mm -hmm. and so th they were kind of disappointed when, they, when, <laughs> when they when a little boy popped out you know but that's how god works you know right. you know right. so uh you know um let's talk about um 
what is is there a particular Bible character or a story that uh, that you've heard uh, that that you really relate to that that means something to you uh, that that comes to mind? Uh, so there are many. Um, you know, I um, lectured for some time in um, uh, my church parish. Um, I always enjoyed reading the uh, the Easter um, readings. Um, you know, because I I literally sometimes sit and think about the world, and I'm thinking, like, so then God gave you the birds, and he gave you the, you know, the trees and all these things and the fish and plenty. And I'm thinking, man, I mean, how powerful is that, that he gives you all these things and you know, so like I, I try to, I, I take a little bit more pride in when I'm outside to enjoy nature, mm-hmm. the gift, and take that deep breath and say, I'm breathing, you know, this is God. I mean, God's living in me and he's breathing through me. There's not one particular passage. Um, I, there are many. I mean, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know many Bible you know, verse passages, but uh, that one's Philippians 4.13 because that's, that's my wife's go. favorite. That's our favorite. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, through him, with him, in him. I mean, just, you know, that's kind of, you know, those are themes that we have this this year and years past at the school. But those are things where I've reflected on the most the last couple of years because those are the ones that I've really focused on for an entire year because of school. But yeah, I love that. You know, um, again, to remind our listeners, you're listening to the Cajun Catholic radio show. Today's guest is Amos Baptiste and, uh, Amos is at, uh, Saints Leo Seton. Um, am I saying that right? St. Leo Seton Catholic school. And, uh, um, he mentioned, um, through him with him and in him. And I, I had a, I had a supernatural experience with that. It's funny you brought that up, you know, uh, probably about a year ago, I was sitting on the sofa at home and just laying there and it's like the Holy spirit said those very words into my ear. And I was like, Whoa, what was mm-hmm. that? You know, what, what is that about? And, uh, you know, I think for me on that, you know, Thursdays are the mysteries of light and, you know, the, the fifth mystery is the Eucharist and, 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 when I'm exercising, I you know I say that to myself through Him, with Him, and in Him on that particular mystery when I'm contemplating because you know that's a state of sanctifying grace when mm-hmm. you when you've gone to confession and you you you, you take that moment of communion. It's just a beautiful moment, you know. Uh, so I'm talking more than I'm supposed to be asking. No, questions. no, it's all good. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> but um, so. Uh, so the boys, you know, you mentioned that um, I think you have one get, you're getting ready to graduate college and all. And, uh, you know, um, for me, you know, like my, my girls strengthened my faith. You know, what, what they picked up at campus ministry at St. Thomas More was I can't even say, you know, and it's made me a better Catholic. Did you guys experience that? Oh, we have, um, you know, no child's the same and not that they didn't get every opportunity. And certainly uh, I think Dylan is a true Catholic. He loves his faith. Um, Tyler uh, was part of campus ministry and was part of uh, Rebel Palooza and all these other things that they had over at Turlings. And um, it's just amazing to watch them grow. I try to instill in the boys about, you know, marriage, family, love for life. I mean, they, they need to understand that because what scares me, and I don't want to get off topic too much about, but, you know, millennials and this new generation, oh, yeah. it's so different. And so 
it's hard to rein them in because of all what they see, whether it's on social media or on TV and everything else. I just want them to know that they're loved and that everything that they do affects not only themselves, it affects mom and dad, it affects their community, it affects their school. So when they're out in the community, I tell them all the time, just like me, I am representing my school, I'm representing my family, I'm representing you. And that's the same thing that I want them to, you know, think about when they make decisions. Now, are they going to make some boneheaded decisions? (laughs) Yes, but (laughs) they need to understand and have remorse when those things do happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I heard it said, the only thing harder than raising a teenager is being a teenager, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think that's true, you know? And, um, you know, like I said, yeah, the the kids, they really brought home a lot of, a lot of things. When I came back from Crusia, I really enjoyed sharing my faith with the girls and and they, they just were like, couldn't get enough of it, you know? And I didn't, I didn't know that before that, that, that was something that they wanted to have conversations with me, you know. Right. Um, but that's so awesome. So tell me what's, uh, what's in your future. You know, uh, um, you know, you got a lot going on. Uh, Amos is on some, uh, I think, the tourism board here in Lafayette. I am. I've been on that a that. long time. They do great work. And um, he's given a lot to this community. And uh, we're blessed to have him here. Um, you know, I'm so proud of, of the Catholics, the Cajun Catholics, you know, and, and the things that we've done. We've got some work to do. Where is it we can, we can do? What, what's, what, what do we need to do to improve our community and as far as our faith goes? Well, um, I don't know. That's kind of a <laughs> – that's a question that's kind of really open. There's a yep, lot of room yep. in there. Um, you know, I think the most important thing is that we are a strong Catholic community down south and in this area. And um, – I think it's important that when people do attack our Catholic faith, that when we respond, we respond in a positive way, in a way that, first of all, I think we all have one goal, no matter what your religious is, is that we all love God and believe in God. So we believe in God just like other religions do. And um, I, I just think that as Catholics, we need to continue to do what Jesus does, and that's love, and um, and continue to pray and to continue to um, uh, spread his word and preach his word and, and, and speak it to um, to all of our kids that we're teaching, our children, our siblings, our grandchildren. And so that way they can continue to be raised in the right way, in the Catholic way. And um, I, I love our faith. I personally need more. I need to be fed more. I need... I need more. I, I I love the priest that'll get on the altar and not read from the script. Mm-hmm. I love the priest that's gonna talk to me, and and I love. Um, there's nothing more than like you said when they raise the Eucharist and the chalice, and the priest sings or says through him, in him, with him, that gives me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I'm looking at the crucifix, and while the priest is singing that or saying that, and I'm going, wow, all the stuff this man did for us, Jesus did for us. And I can't come to church for an hour or give an hour of my day. That's what the mindset needs to be for most people. And that's what we tell our kids Jesus is owed this. 
you can do. And so, and I don't have a problem with my kids going to church, but it's just, I'm just saying that's what we as a community need to sure. look at that crucifix every day and say, I can get up and go to church. Um, a lot of Cajun Catholics can relate to the story you told me about wanting to sell your house. And, uh, <laughs> and I've heard this from many of my friends, and maybe this is a Cajun thing, and maybe it's just a Catholic <laughs> thing, but it's a thing. Uh-huh. Tell, him, tell him your story. Yes, so uh, my wife and I lived in Upper Lafayette for years, raised our boys here, and she came home one day. She's like, I'm done. We need to sell the house. And I'm going, dear, I don't know. We can sell the house. And I was kind of a little hesitant, and she said, I I told her, I said, look, okay, you do the legwork. I come home one day. There's a Century 21 sign up, and um, she bought um, the St. Joseph statue, and we clothed him, and we Buried him the way we were supposed to bury him, said the prayer, did all that. And in one week, we got our first hit. And I'm thinking, there's no way, you know. So we're all excited, but that deal didn't go through. So it was like I got discouraged, just like I thought it was going to be. I was being real negative, which was wrong. But my wife was real positive. And then um, one of my soccer players um, from Northside High School uh, would come and He stayed in touch with the family. And he drove by and he said, Coach, I'm looking for an apartment. I was like, really? I said, why are you going to spend money on rent? I said, you can buy my house. And he was like, I can't afford a house. I said, I bet you can. And, you know, uh, got him through everything. And I said, if you buy my house, I'm going to give you everything that's in the house because I knew I'd make a pretty good profit. He bought the house. He was a bachelor, still is a bachelor. And he had a house full of furniture and everything. And so we sold our house and we built in the great city of Broussard and love our house now. So uh, it's beautiful. But it was beautiful because the St. Joseph statue. Now, we did make a shrine for him. At the house that we're in now, um, um, we have a shrine where we walk in through the garage door, and then we also have a statue of Saint Joseph in my garden, as long as as well as the Blessed Mother. That's giving it up. I love that. Yes. That's good stuff right yes. there. And in case you didn't know, because he said we brought buried him properly, it's head down, right? That's correct. Got to got to bury Saint that's Joseph correct. head down for you Catholics out there that don't know that. You know that's that's the deal. You got to put him. Head down in the in the in the dirt, and then you have to take him back, pick him, take him out, un- unbury him when you leave. Okay, and then bring him and build the shrine for him in the house, and ah, we did that. So yes. that's full circle, right yes. there. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. So there's only a couple of minutes left on the show. Again, you know, uh, our guest today is Amos Baptiste, and he's uh, just been a blessing in my life, and um, just been a great man. I think he's a leader for this community and a leader for the Catholic Church. And um, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and uh, you know. Uh, any parting messages for our listeners, maybe our young youth out there, or you know, whatever you whatever you got. Well, I I, I I apologize because people don't know that Todd has been a tremendous friend of me as well, and he, he and his family has done great things in this community, and his mom's done some amazing things in this community, and she's always a have a special place in my heart as well because she's done some amazing things. But Todd and his family is amazing. But I want to thank you for taking this opportunity to let me do this and. Um, um, and and share and um i just know that there's great things and i'm i'm gonna follow your lead i'm gonna talk to my father-in-law and i'm gonna talk to you maybe y'all could co-sponsor me it's going to happen and we're gonna get this thing done yeah and we're gonna bring amos back on the show for part two after (laughs) Corsia, after axe and uh you know uh this story is is living and and will continue yes thank you yeah so um again uh maybe uh we should close out in prayer um you know, uh, again, you know, there's, there's there's so many wonderful Cajun Catholics and and um, 
in our community, and, and we need more people like Amos to go out there and spread the gospel. He's a great father. He's a great husband, and um, he's a great leader for our, for our group. So um, me or you? Oh, close it out. Hail Mary? Yeah. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Amos. You've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. We want to challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. If you have interest in being on the show, call the station and, uh, or call me at, at Hub City Ford and I'd love to hear your story. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. Again, it's been a blessing to be your host today. Until next time, we'll see you. God bless. Amen. Amen.